welcome to a special episode of Broadway Radio. I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. In today's episode, I am thrilled to be talking with Alan Filderman, director and casting director of the currently running Berkshire Theatre Group production of Godspell. We have talked about the production a few times on Today on Broadway, and for good reason. It is the first professional musical sanctioned by Actors' Equity Association to open in the U.S. since the COVID-19 pandemic lockdowns in March. The production, which began performances on August 6th and is currently scheduled to run until September 4th, was originally supposed to take place on the main stage at the Colonial Theatre. It is now taking place outside under a tent with a cast of 10 plus understudies, a lot of plexiglass dividers, face masks, and additional precautions. But it is happening. Other than a change in Massachusetts that has reduced outdoor gatherings from 100 to 50, performances have been going smoothly in the ever-changing landscape, And the cast and creative team of Godspell, led by Filderman, are creating the blueprint for theater in America going forward. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Godspell director Alan Filderman. I am very thrilled to speak with you today, Alan, as we talked about before I officially started recording. We've talked about your production of Godspell a few times on the show, especially when the big Michael Paulson piece came out. Uh, We talk about all the time about what the pandemic and quote unquote post pandemic theater is going to look like. And we've been seeing restaurants open outdoors. We've seen outdoor activities open, but there hasn't really been a way forward for theater. You and your team and cast are kind of creating the blueprint here of what professional theater, especially musicals, is going to have to do to move forward. So first of all, (laughs) thank you for joining me today and also for that very big undertaking. My pleasure. I'm happy to be here. Uh, Unfortunately, I have to give you another big undertaking because I basically want to know everything about this production. (laughs) And getting getting to this point, we unfortunately do not have five hours to talk about it, but it's a very big thing. We in New York, as you told me, you just got back to New York after five weeks of being in Massachusetts to do this. Uh, We're seeing some smaller productions just start to try and do their thing outdoors, like out in Brooklyn, but we're not at that equity approved point yet. I am eternally somewhere between very anxious about the thought of attending theater again and very anxious to have theater again. Of course. And uh, the key to all of this, to bring it down to brass tacks right away, is that we were outdoors. Yes, yes. And I think that there's a huge difference between outdoors and indoors still and will continue to be. So uh, a great deal of what made this possible is that we were able to build a tent outside. Right. And the entire process, rehearsal and performances, everything's been outside. Yeah. And that eliminates 50% of the worry right there. Which is a little different because uh, I believe Barrington, which was doing their solo Harry Clark as well, started indoors and had to move outdoors as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
So, uh, I mean, I read something online today that there might be some indoor productions coming up soon at a couple equity theaters. Uh, I, I don't know the details of that. I just know that we were, as soon as we announced it was outdoors, there was still a battle sure. to get it approved. There was still a lot to be done, but having it outside made all the difference in the world. So yeah, that's that's a really good place to start as, as far as getting that approval from Equity and Kate Schindel and also doing everything in compliance with Massachusetts State Department of Health. Like health, what did you what had to happen before Godspell got the okay? Uh, it was a long ongoing process of give and take between Kate McGuire, mm-hmm. who is our artistic director, and uh, and the representatives from Actors' Equity, it just started with us saying, can we do Godspell outside? No. Mm. And then instead of just taking the no and walking away, Kate McGuire and her team came up with a plan, a booklet of what we could do, of testing, of quarantining, of bubbles, uh, quarantine bubbles, Mm -hmm. and submitted it to Equity. Were you they, sorry? Were you on board from the start then, even before the equity approval? Like, have you been the entire time? I was okay. Uh, it, it was last year. It's been oh, a year wow. actually. Last year, Kate McGuire said, uh, "You'll be directing Godspell on the main stage next year." So okay. I always knew that this is something that I was going to be doing. Now, of course, it was going to be. On the main stage. Just another production of <laughs> yeah. Godspell in a summer theater. Yeah. And I was trying to come up with my, what was my concept going to be? And how was I going to make my Godspell different from the other five sure. million productions every year? Quite literally, and yeah. So, <laughs> so I was on board from the beginning. And then the pandemic hit. And then, it, I, as I said, it was, a, it was a roller coaster. It was, no, we can't do it. Well, we're fighting back. Here's a pamphlet for equity. They read it. They go, no. Kate goes, really? No, why not? (laughs) They list the reasons why not. She goes, well, then let me solve all those problems. So it was back and forth and back and forth. And just before we were about to go into rehearsal, it became a maybe, like on a Monday. And then on the Thursday, it was a yes. Oh, so you, even before the approval, or, or were you guys planning on going into rehearsal regardless then, or was that just, that was oh, going to no, be a no? Oh, no, absolutely not. We okay. Had our, we had our <laughs> that's rehearsal date. Okay, that's what I thought. We were just waiting for them to turn it into a yes. Sure, okay. So, so we were sitting and waiting, and then just like a week and a half, I think, these dates could all be slightly wrong, but just like about a week and a half before our date, Equity said yes, and then we just proceeded full throttle. It must have been more than two weeks because actually we quarantined actors for two weeks, Mm -hmm. and there was a lot to get done before we were able to start. But everybody arrived having been quarantined for two weeks. Some of them quarantined in the Berkshires. Mm -hmm. Most of them quarantined in Manhattan. And we were able to get them up on a Wednesday and went into rehearsal on a Thursday. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you had after that, you had 
five weeks of rehearsals. Is that right? And oh, then, no. Oh, oh no. much longer. We had two weeks of rehearsals. Two weeks of rehearsals. Okay. I got that mixed two up with your five weeks from earlier. No, so- yeah, I stayed up in the Berkshires after we opened just to be around and to watch it happen. But no, we oh, went into rehearsal God. on a Thursday <laughs> and two weeks later on a Thursday was the first preview. My God. So we put this whole thing up in two weeks. That's incredible. Uh, even It was challenging. Yeah, I, I have to imagine, because even reading from like the Paulson piece, obviously those earlier rehearsals seemed a bit tough. Like, and He starts by opening with um, Nicholas Edwards, who plays Jesus, singing Beautiful City, and he breaks down into tears, and you're even quoted yeah. as saying, in the real world, we would come over and hug you, which exactly. can't happen anymore, which I imagine exactly. theater being so communal can be very isolating, and that's just one facet of the experience. To go through yeah. everything in two weeks, I I don't even know where to begin there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I look back on it, and I go, how in God's name did we get that done? <laughs> because to get a show up in two weeks is difficult enough to begin with. Right, then yeah. Then the stress that the cast is under which you always had to keep in the back of your mind, that this was not an ordinary group of 10 actors in rehearsal. They were guinea pigs. I hate that phrase, and I hate that people are calling them that. No, I know. It's fair. In the end, I guess it makes a little bit of sense. But uh, they were under a lot of stress. And then we were in rehearsal staging this thing. The first three days was easy. The first three days was music rehearsals and they learned the score Mm. and I was working on the book and figuring out how to get the stories told without all that staging that usually goes along with the parables. Right, right. That was relatively easy. Then we started staging and that's when it started to get difficult because we were learning as we went along. We were learning what is allowed, what is not allowed. When do they need to wear masks? When can they take the masks off? Mm -hmm. And we built uh, these transparent partitions on wheels that could be moved around to separate people front to back and also side to side. Where do they go? What numbers do they have to be blocking? It was a huge puzzle to put together that we did on our feet in the moment because there was no way to pre-plan. Right, I know that was part of it. That before you knew you had partition, you had to have partitions that separated actors on side to side. But then you got to the point where it became a, a large conversation where Edwards also had to talk as a liaison with Equity of do we also need like something separating the front and the back? Yes, exactly. It was at, when we started staging. There were a couple rules that weren't clear. Mm. that we weren't aware of exactly what to do. It was day two of the staging that everything fell into place. It was, that was the day that like Michael Paulson referred to me as growling. I yeah. Think. yeah. Um, <laughs> quite, quite the term. <laughs> yeah. There's something like that. Um, where I, uh, it was just, it continued to be unclear and I finally had to go, all right, we have to stop. We cannot proceed with stage in the show until 
I know exactly what the rules are because if they keep changing every 10 minutes we're all going to go crazy right yeah yeah i was about to ask that if during those two weeks of rehearsals you saw like there were precautions that were changing both from the state and from equity during that time as well the big one was just literally on the second day of staging okay. that was the first two that was when we finally nick got equity on the phone we figured out exactly what the rules were mm-hmm. and that and now I could not actually give you a list of them because, but no, they okay. were also specific. But it was like six feet between actors, masks on if you're singing side to side, masks off if you're singing front to back, but with partitions blocking the yeah. back row from the. So I saw was, some. There were a lot I saw some weird ones too that were like you couldn't you could sit on a stage that someone had walked on, but you couldn't sit on a chair that someone had sat on before. <laughs> it was all there were a lot. And so yeah, <laughs> say well then can you move up to that space and sit down? No. So it was a it was mm. it was that's how we proceeded. I would ask for things. Someone would shout no. And I go, all right, well, then how about this? Mm. And they shout, yes. And I go, okay, good. Well, then that's what the answer <laughs> And, that's how, and we're, then, that's how we're blocking it. And that, and that was how we blocked it. All right, so you two cross over. No. I would go, okay. <laughs> you two are not crossing <laughs> over there. One of you is crossing over there. Yes. And that's how this, basically how this whole thing got put up. I would God. come up with an idea. And it would be automa- It would be immediately next or okay. Wow. And then I would just move on to the next moment and then move on to the next moment. Yeah. And somehow we got it done. And yeah. And we got it up. That's, yeah. Uh, the wow. only other time anything interfered with us was after we were up and running, Massachusetts decided that we had to cut our audience from 75 yeah, to 50. Yeah, I was going to ask about that and how that affected, if that affected anything as far as blocking and staging going. It did not change anything except for the theater. It okay. only changed the amount of people in the audience and the spacing of the seats in the audience. Okay, that's uh, good at least. Didn't affect, you know, I guess it affected the performers a little bit. There's a little bit of difference in the feedback. Sure, From sure. 75 people to 50 people. So I guess it affected the cast a little bit that way, but uh, not really. I mean, mm-hmm. once we, that second day, once we knew exactly what the rules were and we were able to proceed, I'm not going to say everything went smoothly because sure. that would be silly. Right. It also, it also never goes smoothly in normal situations, so that would just be exactly. an outright lie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then that specific moment with Nick, it was simply that stress was building and building and building. Sure. And then he just stood still and had to very simply sing, we can build a beautiful city. Yeah. And he heard the lyric within himself for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that's why he had uh, uh, a little emotional moment. And again, like I said, you know, the theater world in the real world, mm-hmm. everybody on stage would have rushed to him and put their arms around sure, him yeah. and nobody could move. And it was just, it was really difficult. It was just so difficult to not have the ability to uh, comfort another human being. Mm. But we got past that. We got through it all. We got through it all. Yeah. 
that's that especially in reading that that's going to be so tough again because theater is so communal and you're trying to foster that community and having to find new ways to do it i know one of the things you did for the show's prelude is you built into the show like their own stories of what, what their lives have been like during the pandemic how did how did you decide to do that and how especially how has that been received Right. I, even before COVID, it was important to me for whatever reason that mm. this, that it be very specific that this production of Godspell was taking place here and now. Present, yeah. So it was going to be here in, in our indoor theater in the Fitzgerald. It was going to be on that specific night. It was going to be very clear. I didn't have much more of a concept than that, but that's what I had going. Mm. And then when the pandemic happened, I thought, and I always knew, we won't go into details why, but I always knew I wanted to replace Tower of Babel, mm, which is the mm. usual opening of the show. Sure. Um, so, uh, but I had to come up with a very big concept to replace it, and Mr. Schwartz had to approve. Mm. So, um, I just had this idea of everybody, let's really push it. Let's really have everybody come out on stage, introduce themselves, and tell what they've been going through for the last five months. Mm. And, and then that could build into some kind of cacophony that the shofar and the arrival of John the Baptist yeah. breaks. And so I asked every cast member to write a short statement about what their experience of the last five months have been. I got them together. I edited them down. I made them shorter. I took some things out. I asked them to add some things. I put them in an order. I arranged them. We, and that's how the, it happened. You know, at the beginning, mm. I have to say, when we were first doing it, everybody thought I was crazy. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I know. I that, think that's the sign of a good director, though, especially when. Well, uh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> as long they, as it ends you know, up people, working. Exactly. Even Michael Paulson came up to me and he said, I got to tell you, I didn't have the slightest idea what you were doing, <laughs> but it really worked. <laughs> thank you. And I know that the staff was going, What is this? And then. <laughs> I just stuck to my guns, and I cut it. I made it a little shorter. Sure. I told the actors to move it along a little more quickly, but I never really changed it because right. I knew in my heart that it was going to work. And now it's, I think it's been incredibly well-received. Audiences mm. are definitely reacting emotionally to those thoughts. Yeah. And, that's, um, and that opening gets, I mean, people come up to me and comment on the opening more than any other think, part of the production. Yeah. I, well, I think it's important because I've been thinking a lot about, I, I, you know, I think there's a fine line right now as far as, you know, we've seen the non-response from the government as far as freelancers and actors and any kind of financial yeah. help they're receiving so actors are feeling obligated to go back to work on the other hand actors want to go back to work 
So there's a fine line there. So having something Absolutely. like so having something like that at the beginning at the absolute least humanizes everything and reminds you, yeah, these actors actually have to go back to work and they're doing this and performing for you because they have to make money. <laughs> they're, they're, exactly. They have to make money they're not getting. And then it gives John the Baptist and Jesus a task. These people are yeah. disenfranchised. They're alone. They're separate. It's our job to give them hope and faith and to bring them together. Yeah. That's the arc of the show. Uh, as far as casting goes, how far in advance did sh- was the was the cast assembled? Uh, at that, well, here's the deal. I'm primarily a casting director. Yes, yes. And I've been the casting director for the Berkshire Theatre Group for 28 years. Right. And so, uh, and I've spent the last 30 years casting musicals for regional theater. So. This was something that I, um, it was really cool being the casting director and the director because I didn't have to prove anything to myself. Mm. I just, so I started early and there were certain people that were cast from the get go just because I knew I wanted them. Yeah. And there were people that I made offers to immediately. Then there were people that I talked to, Kate, my choreographer, Jerry McIntyre, mm-hmm. my musical director, Andrew Balmer, and we talked about certain people. And after we talked, we made an offer. Then there were some people that I asked them to tape. We were past being able to do auditions live at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some people taped. So the cast was largely, largely set. Um, from the from the get go, but I'd say March, April, May. Okay. By the end of May, the cast was set. Then what happened was was that when it became a reality, and that these actors were, oh, you really are leaving next week to do this. Three actors backed out. Mm-hmm. And so three of these people were cast in the final week, like. With one week to go, well, no, it was always two weeks because they had to quarantine. Right. So it was, I guess, like two and a half weeks to go. Three actors were recast, and the rest of the cast I had pretty much preset for a very long time. Gotcha. I've been, I, I've talked to a few people about this, both writers and producers, as far as essentially what casting is going to look like going forward, because this is. Uh, what your oldest actor and this is 34 is that right Correct. yeah but also i mean i know edwards has had covid already you've had i'm assuming you've had some other actors that have had covid as well and kind of what casting is going to look like going forward there's been talk of some people saying well are people going to be more likely to cast actors that have already had the antibodies and i mean that's a whole discussion i know it's a whole discussion because we don't really know anything yet yeah and i i I, to be honest i haven't had any conversations with anybody about that the thought of only casting actors with the antibodies is frightening to me yeah but absolutely i do I do know that people are going to have to come to the point that I think people should have come to a long time ago, that sometimes you just have to make offers. 
that mm. there's been a really bad habit of even if you know an actor really well, even if they've worked for you 10 times, they still have to audition. Yeah, That's going to have to go away. And people are going to have to start trusting themselves and their casting directors to cast people with offers that they already know. Interesting. And then the next step will have to be for a while still, we will be continuing with online auditions that are mm. very tricky and about the worst way, I think, to cast live theater. Yeah. yeah. I've always felt that. People have been putting themselves on tape for theater ever since this whole taping thing started. Sure. And it's been much less than for film and TV, obviously, but it still has existed. And I've always, always fought back against it. Because if you're casting theater, you need to see the person in the room. Right. Yeah. Uh, if that has been, ta if that is going to be taken away from us for a while, then we are going to have to make the taping work and figure out ways mm -hmm. to make the taping work. And um, and we're all, we're going to have to figure it out. I certainly encourage any actor out there to have a reel available or a website with yeah. tape of them doing things so that we can just do our own research and maybe not even have to put you on tape. Yeah. I mean, that's most ideal because, as you said, to, you know, you're looking to cast somebody in theater. You not only want to see them in the room and in person, but in a space that's unfamiliar to them. And if they're doing a self-tape, they're very most likely at home in a space exactly. that they know well. What I think about a lot, especially in the last few months, as we've been having the protests around Black Lives Matter and been talking about equity, non-equity, or inequity in theater, is if people, especially going forward, where shows are probably for a while going to be fewer and farther in between, if we're having offer-only positions of, you know, directors, casting directors have previously worked with certain actors. There's a very specific set of people who are <laughs> going to actually be getting work because they've already worked with, you know, 10 white actors. And those are the people that are going to get cast in the next 10 productions. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I disagree with that. Okay. Um, I, there are just as many people of color, uh, in, let's just say, in my, quote, book, with the directors that I've worked with, sure. with the theaters that yeah. I've worked with, there are as many people of color as there are white people in our sure. experience, Good. in our history, in our family. So I don't see that happening quite so much. Uh, we do need to be changing a lot, obviously, about how things are cast. Uh, in terms of Black Lives Matter and and BIPOC casts. Yeah. Um, but the first step is to have things to put back into production. Sure, So that's the first step. Once there are things to put back into production, we definitely, everybody has to look very seriously at the numbers, the percentages, the you know, of, of how we cast these things and what pieces oh, yeah. we choose oh, yeah. and what directors get chosen. Uh, we have to look at all of that. But mm -hmm. I certainly know that if I and my directors have to fall back on making offers to some people we already know, I don't think that'll be in 
I personally don't think that'll be an issue. Uh, I'm I'm very personally glad. I mean, I think a lot about as far as Broadway because we're mainly a Broadway oriented show, and obviously, Broadway has a yeah. lot, a long, long way to go. But I mean, you look at well, off Broadway, off off Broadway, then we're then we're actually seeing some form of equity. But as you right. said, and my brain does tend to go toward regional theater. Oh, and that's good. So- yeah. With with statements like, well, we're going to have to rely on offers. I am thinking a lot more, I guess, about regional theater. I don't no, think Broadway is ever going to get to a place where, except if it's a superstar like Hugh Jackman, I don't right. know how how far we will get with just being able to cast with offers. It's going to be interesting um, to say. It'll be interesting, and it's you know, and the answer is nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what the answer is because we don't. Anybody who claims to be able to say this is what's going to happen, they're making it up because nobody <laughs> knows what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're going to have to be very adaptable to the virus surging, the virus ebbing, a vaccine, different rules from different unions. We're going to have to be very adaptable to get things going again. Yeah. Well, I know you're, what, halfway into performances at this point. You have two weeks left before the shows close. Uh, well, possibly more. Oh, that's good. That's, yes, that's good to hear. Yet, but it's, it's looking very positive that there might be another couple Extension. of weeks. That's good. I was, I was just about to ask, like, what have you seen? I know you're back in New York now, but before you left, especially like, what have you seen? What's been the feel from the actors? How are they feeling about performances so far, especially? Uh, there, I mean, this cast is bonded like no other cast I've ever seen in oh, my life. Good. Good. For obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, they're living together. They're in the same quarantine bubble. So they don't really have contact with the outer world. If friends come and visit, they can wave at them afterwards. <laughs> but there's, there's no hanging out. There's no visitors at the house where they're staying. They're, um, so these, there's 10 cast members and then two understudies who also do some backup vocals. Mm. So it's really a total of 12. These people are, at this point, each other's entire world, and they really have bonded deeply. So I don't see any problem in them agreeing to another two weeks, because let's face it, what were they facing? What are they facing when it's over? Yeah, yeah. It's just a lot more unemployment. So two more weeks of salary and pension, welfare, all that kind of stuff. That can't help it. but be good. Yeah, so gotta take it. The cast is very bonded and very close, and great. they really seem to love each other. That's great. Yeah, I think the best way to close our conversation, both after and during working on this, and I mean, this is an ever-evolving situation, as we've already talked about, so the precautions of today aren't necessarily the precautions of next month, and you've already said no one really has an answer, but having some insight of having this experience before everyone else really has, what are you taking away from this for future productions? What are you kind of seeing as the prerequisites of people mounting shows at this point and going forward? I think the answer to that is if 
you follow the rules, anything is possible. But there are rules. Equity gave us rules. The state of Massachusetts gave us rules. We followed them to a T. And we have gotten through rehearsal and now two, three weeks of performances. And everybody is safe and healthy. Great. And the show's pretty darn good. Yes, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> I, I so am. <laughs> the product is good and the cast is healthy. And why? Because we followed every single rule that was put in front of us. Even if we were going, really? Yeah. I can't even <laughs> look at you? No, nope, yeah. you cannot look at them. You have to face forward. Really? Yes. So even if we didn't understand, if you follow all the rules that have been given to you by medical experts, by the union, it's doable. And hopefully that is going to shortly include indoor performances. It's going to meet limited audiences for a very long time. Yeah, I think that's important because people certainly have their visions and they're set in their visions, but we're not going to be able to get to whatever the next point will be without doing these first set of precautions and rules from equity. Exactly. And now, are there shows that I think don't even try? Of course. Sure. You're not going to do Sunday in the Park with partitions <laughs> and maps. Right, yeah. I, you know, but are there a lot of shows that you can do? Yes. And I think it'll be a process. It's going to be a process of, of building back up to the time where we can do productions of Sunday yeah. in the Park again. I don't know how long that's going to take. <laughs> a bit. But... If you if everybody listens and follows the rules, I think we will be able to continue to expand the size and the kind of shows and the locations of the shows that we're going to be doing over the next year. It's exciting. It is really exciting. I hope so. Yeah. I also have to say this is the first conversation I think I've had where I haven't been the one to bring up Sondheim and Sunday in the Park with George. So thank you. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> it's going to work its way into every conversation I probably have. Oh, you, like, you and I are kin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Well, Berkshire Theatre Group's Godspell is currently running at the Colonial Theatre in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, at least through September 4th hopefully with an extension. Alan, I hope your remaining performances go well. Everyone stays safe. And thank you again so much for talking with me today. Thank you so much. It's been great. 